first of all, again, today is Sunday Tezvav, Kislev, Taima, Sira, Bashla, Musa, of Chaydesh, Ashlishi, Lechach, Chaydesh, the Rebbe calls it the Chsidish, Chaydesh, the Chaydesh, Hagiola, Allah, good to Zachem. So we'll take Mashiach today. You know, the Chaver Kedisha are fasting today, right? You're Chaver Kedisha, yeah? But the women don't fast. Half a day. So the Chaver Kedisha, the Chaver Kedisha is the beginning of Chiesa Mason. That's the Chaver Kedisha. Chavos, because the Gemara implies, the Gemara says that when you bury a person, you're planting a seed, and when Mashiach comes, the grass grows out of the ground. That's why we alavaya, you take grass and you throw it over your shoulder. You tzitzum eir case of audits. The Gemara says because they grow out of the ground like grass. So kum tachayis that today is going to get mason. So why are you fasting, Ebaze? Because Yom Kippur you also don't eat because you're higher than food. But in any case, where it's a very, it's a happy month and a happy time and a happy day, and we should have happy things in Mitzrayim. Easy, easy. And by the way, I just want to mention today is the Levi of Rabbi Yisav Voldman. Rabbi Yisav Voldman, I remember him as a child. I got on the WhatsApp. I got a description, maybe from Shalom Takeh. Um, we down the day Mahuvim. He down the day Mahuvim, and he was in Terashi. You have no idea. I remember him standing and arguing with the whole show about Shatnanashi. The base of Rodman was not a Lubavitcher. He learned to Lubavitcher. He learned to Temchakmimim, but he was not a Lubavitcher. And uh, he loved Chomish Rashi. And today is his Levaya. So we'll mention this for his chus, for his Lilunish Moshe. When the Rebbe started saying Rashi Sikhis, he started coming to Fabrengans. And he came simply because he enjoyed the Rashis. And the Rebbe said years later that if not for one year, not a Lubavitcher, I would have discontinued Rashis long ago. But his koch and Rashi was that he asked the Rebbe to give him a, a notice, a heads up, what the Rashi Rebbe is going to talk on, and he would prepare it. And someone describes how they remove him, a whole shachas and musaf, he's running around arguing with this one and this one, preparing for what's going to come that day. It's like a koch, his koch and Rashi. I remember as a child, the Rebbe gave them a child, you know, they had no children. And I think that Behemshech, the Koch and Rashi, the Rebbe gave him the ultimate gift. He had a daughter, It was not supposed to be. The Ebishter gave him the Rebbe. No, it wasn't. If it wasn't supposed to be, it wouldn't be. But the bottom line is the from the Rebbe. He has one daughter. The, the story is that he was once in Yechidis. And the Rebbe gives him a dollar. And says to him, Thank you for being so interested in my Rashi's. So he says to the Rebbe, You're thanking me for the Rashi's? Exactly what am I doing? I'm not in Terashi like a Chosid. I'm in Terashi because I enjoy Chomish Rashi. So the Rebbe smiles and says, I'm also in Terashi because I enjoy it. In other words, you, you're saying that you're in it because it, it delights you, it gives you pleasure, it gives me pleasure also. He has an incredible schus. The key that the Rebbe showed him was Moidendik. I mean, there were years that Lababachach Hasidim wanted to know if there's going to be a Fabreng and they would ask him because he knew. The Rebbe once came to 7 8 o'clock in the morning. And Shalom Yisrael Chadukah was a little boy, it's a good rate, and he said, Go to 888 Montgomery. In those days, it could have been a different neighborhood. And knock on his door and tell him that I decided to make a Fabreng and this is the Rashi you should prepare. The Rebbe used to usually tell him before Shabbos. But if the Rebbe decided on Shabbos to make a Fabreng and the Rebbe sent a Shliach to his house, to inform him what the Rashi is going to be. At Kadei Kach. That was the degree of appreciation the Rebbe had for his appreciation for the Rebbe's Koch and Chumash Rashi. And it's time for Mashiach to come and then all of the Yatsitsum Eir, Ke'esav Ha'odas, will be Vapoyal Mamish. Now, Friday we started a Maimed. And the reason we started a Maimed on Friday, Friday we always learn a Maimed. But last Friday, a week ago Friday, we completed. All the Maimarim from Tafshin Dalad Mem from 1984, 384. This year is Thursday and Friday, so Mastama for us is Thursday and Friday and Sunday. We're going to start Mem Gimel. We'll learn the Maimarim backwards. So we learned Mem Ches, Mem Zayin, Mem Vav, Mem Hay, Mem Dalad. Every Maimar. It's, it's really so. It feels so good. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> it's not just Kabbalah sale. So now we're going to be learning Maimarim Mem Gimel from 1983, 283. But we had an extra week. 
So I chapped on a Maimah from the beginning. The first Yudas Kiss of Maimah, the Rebbe's Nesiyas, was Tafshin Yud Beis. And that's what you have in front of you. It's 13 pages long, which means it's four pieces of paper. If I gave you four pieces of paper stapled, they would disappear, I wouldn't have it tomorrow. If they gave them to you unstapled, the mess that would be in this room would be in my dick. So I gave you only two sheets, because I had to give you those two sheets. And I'd like them back, because tomorrow I want to finish the Maimah, with Hashem's help, of course. So let me, let me set it up. Let me tell you what we learned on Friday. And then we'll continue the Maimed today. And we'll learn the shtikel that's negated to us right now. What we learned on Friday was as follows. He says, a Jew comes into this world on the Shalma Baguf to serve the Ebishter, to serve a Kaddish Baruch. So a Jew has a number of possible paths that he can take. One is to separate himself completely from his body and his animal soul. To establish a relationship with the Eivishter that avoids his reality, that avoids the goof, that avoids the Nevesha Bahamas, and just be involved in spirituality alone. And the Rebbe says that's just wrong. It's wrong because that's not what the Eivishter put you into a goof. And it's wrong also because you can't learn, you can't daven 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. All your life, you have to do physical things. And if your Yiddishkeit is lived in a way that it's an altogether dis- disconnect from your Gufa Nefesh Bahamas, when you go away from Yiddishkeit and you go into the world, you'll fall because there's no crossing over, there's no connection between the Eivishted and your Ruchni Yizdika life and your Guf and your Gashmi Yizdika life. So therefore, the Rebbe says, disengagement, disconnect is wrong. That's point one. Asher Lachain, therefore, a Yid has to live in this world and serve Hashem in a way that he's involved with his Gufa Nevesha Bahamas. Having said that, once we understand that a Yid's life has to be lived on such a level where he engages with the Nevesha Bahamas, the Rebbe goes on to say there's now also two choices. One option is that you treat the Nevesha Bahamas like an equal. How do you treat the Nevesha Bahamas like an equal? You serve the Ebishter. And you have logical emphasis on the word logic. Logical basis for serving the Ebishter. Your Nefesh Bahamas has behemoth interests and has logical reasons to prioritize behemoth interests. And you butt heads, you fight it out. The Neshama is giving reason and feelings to justify being more idealistic, more principled, more connected to Ruchniyas. The Guf of Nefesh Bahamas are giving reasons and emotional bases for being more involved in the physical world and so on and so forth, being less trusting, less optimistic and so on. And it's a fight. And the Rebbe says, a human being who establishes religious life on this basis is never ever going to finish his fight. He's going to fight his entire life. Why? Because as long as you give the world and worldliness an equal footing with God and godliness, one can never defeat the other absolutely. Because two equals that engage in struggle never cancel each other. They simply wrestle. They simply push each other back. And they take turns pushing each other back. So it's an endless fight. And therefore, the Rebbe says there's another possibility. And the other possibility, now I'm using my own words now, is that you establish your relationship with the world from the perspective of your nishaman. In other words, you don't approach your religious life and your regular life from a reasonable perspective, from a seichel perspective, from a human emotional perspective, but from a divine perspective, from an absolute perspective. And you simply establish, as a matter of fact, Tainas Emes, Mitzvahs Emes, Yiddishkeit Emes. Says the Rebbe, you establish your life on that level, you won't have to fight constantly because you're not giving credibility to the animal soul. You don't have to constantly negotiate with him and renegotiate with him and re-renegotiate. Reason and explain and argue and discuss. There's no reason, there's no explanations, there's no argument, no discussions. This is how it is. So the Rebbe says, in other words, in this idea that a human being must be involved with his guf and never there's a level where it's a fight that's incessant and never ends. And it's a level where you raise yourself above the fight and you establish it with Yiddish guy tells us this. And the Rebbe calls this ladder approach Padabishalim. What is the meaning of the word peace? That in your war with your Yetzirah, you do not negotiate with him. You don't give him equal footing. You don't treat him like an equal opponent. You just disregard him. You set him above him. 
And then you have Pada Bishalom Nafshi. That becomes the next idea. Then the Rebbe adds a third idea. And the third idea is that in this attitude, that a person sets himself above the struggle between the body and the animal soul. And by setting himself above the struggle between the body and the animal soul, the person doesn't have to fight every day. There's levels. What are the levels? The first level is that when you establish them on this level, whatever in your life is redeemable gets used for Kedusha. Whatever in your life has good is used for Kedusha. But there are things in your life that don't seem redeemable, don't seem correctable, and they get pushed away. So the Rebbe says, when a person establishes his life on the level of Padre he's not engaging in an equal discussion and a negotiation, but he establishes above it, he's able to elevate those parts of himself that seem consistent to the Vedas Hashem, but the minute he stops being stubborn, they fall back to the first, to the earlier condition, they become a problem again. The Rebbe says, Mashiach is going to come. And there's going to be a higher level of Padre and the higher level of Padre Vashon is going to be that the Yid is going to establish himself with this kind of an Akshonis. And again, I suggested on Friday that maybe this is an Akshonis from Yechidah Shevenevish, which redeems and transforms even the lowest darknesses of the person's life. Every aspect of your life shows itself to serve a purpose to serve the Kaddish Baruch and to be used in a proper way. And number two, when Mashiach comes and this deepest level of darkness shows its light, the transformation is permanent. You don't fall back. In other words, there's two differences between Padre B'Shalom, as we know it now, and in the language of the Maimed. As Shleiman Alech knew it, and the Padre B'Shalom, we know the answer, love it, the Padre B'Shalom, of Mashiach Sitkenu. First of all, the Padre B'Shalom, Shleiman Alech, only redeems sparks that are close to the surface, and not the ones that are deeply hidden. Second of all, the transformation is temporary, not permanent. And when Mashiach comes, the transformation is permanent. So in short, you have three ideas. Idea number one is serving Hashem without engaging with the Gufa, the Nefesh Abahamis. That's wrong. Idea number two is, instead of fighting with the Gufa, the Nefesh you establish yourself above her with a take of atzim, with an absolute resolve, an inner strength that's unwavering and unbending and uncompromising, which makes it so that you don't have to fight every day and it transforms and elevates sparks, but only those sparks that are closest to the surface and only while you're fighting. When Mashiach comes, the take will be even higher. The Padre Bishal will be even deeper. And because the take will be even higher, the redemptive quality, the aspect of redemption will be even more. So now, so, what I just recited for you is a review of Friday's class. If you hear Friday, I pray to God that you recognize what I just said. Because otherwise, we got a problem somewhere. <laughs> Communication problem. Okay. The, then the episode like this. We all know that Mashiach has to do with the Ahoyde now. And if Mashiach is this higher concept of Padre Bisholim, it's such a high stubbornness that it elevates even the most remote sparks and it transforms them permanently, not only temporarily, it must be that the Ahoyde we do nowadays setting up Mashiach. Because we know that Masein Ibaveda, Seinu calls man Meshachagolos, the labor and struggle we do nowadays, sets up the Gilead Yemesa Mashiach, or the times of Mashiach. So if it's true that in the times of Mashiach there's going to be a higher level of Padre B'Shalom, a more permanent level of Padre B'Shalom, a deeper level of Padre B'Shalom than the one we know today, then it must be that there's something we have to prepare. And that's what today's conversation is about. The Rebbe is going to say that there's Teda, there's Tzedakah, and there's Tefillah. And the Chazal tells, the Gemara says, called Eitzik B'Teda, Chasadim, if you learn Taylor, if you act kindly, you dab with a minion, if you redeem me and my sons uh, from the nations of the world. That Padre B'Shalom involves Taylor, Gemil's Chasadim, and Tfil. So the Rebbe is going to say there's two kinds of Taylor. There's regular Taylor and Taylor B'Shalom. There's two types of Gemil's Chasadim. There's regular Gemil's Chasadim and Gemil's Chasadim B'Shalom. There's two types of tefillahs, regular tefillah and tefillah with shalom. And the Rebbe is going to say, when we bring into our tefillah, into our tefillah, shalom. We bring into our chasadim, shalom. And we bring into our tefillah, shalom, we prepare the world for the shalom of the Yasid Allah. 
This is a review of Friday's class. So we now begin on page Kuf Ayin Zayin by Sif Hey. Now you have you have the next page. So Sif Hey is going to be about Torah, and on page Kuf Ayin Tes Sif Vav is going to be about Milos Chasadim, and the bottom of Kuf Pei Aleph is going to be about Tefillah. I, I have the next sheet. I don't know if I'm going to give it. But let's begin reading on Kuf Ayin Zayin. If anybody wants to make a comment or ask a question, this is a good time. Ubiyur inyin esek hatera be'efen shol If we bring Mashiach, and when Mashiach comes, there's a pother b'shalom, we must have the shalom now setting up the bringing of Mashiach. And the shalom has to show itself in tera, igmelz chasadim, and in tefil. So that starts with tera. What is the meaning of Taira and what is the meaning of Taira Bishal? So the Rebbe says, Yuvan Behegdom calls Achilik ben Taira Tfilah. To explain how Taira is peaceful, let's discuss the difference between davening and learning Taira. Davening is always from the bottom up. What you really do when you're davening is thinking about yourself. You ask Hashem for your needs. Skip one line, Ella, it's only in preparing to ask for your needs. You also praise HaKadosh Baruch. What the Rebbe says, davening, as lofty as some of it may be, is ultimately about what I need. And so long as davening what I need, then it's considered from below to above, and there's no peace in that. Five lines from the end of the paragraph. When a person knows Tate, is different. Why? Number one. Is God's wisdom. I didn't invent the Tater. God did. Moreover, Tater is hiding in the world. When a person learns Tater, that's the wisdom and will of Akadish Baruch that came from before the world. He brings the Tater into this world. From the top down. In other words, he brings the. Godliness from heaven to earth, and bringing Godliness heaven to earth, that's much, much more peaceful. And then he says, and as a result, when a person brings clarity to the world through learning Torah, here it says, but I believe it's supposed to say, from the top down, as well on the margin. So Torah in general is Shalom. Tfilah is me creating a relationship with the based on me. It's a struggle. Teda is me learning the Teda that the Abish they get. No. So if Teda is peace, and we all know Teda is peace, what is the meaning of learning Teda itself? In other words, peace within peace. Teda as a rule has to do with Shalom. Hidden behind the idea that Teda as a rule has to do with Shalom is a specific area of Teda which is more specifically connected to Shalom. And what is this? As you see in the next paragraph, this is Knimi Yisateh, this is Chasidus. Next paragraph. Amnam ha'avoida ve'esek ve'teiragut. Teira as a whole is called from heaven to earth. And because it's from heaven to earth, Teira's engagement in the world is not equal. Teira doesn't engage with the world like as if there's a mutual respect. I have my opinion, you have your opinion. Teira simply says nonsense. But in Teira itself, there's two levels Ha'alif the first level is we take a learning Torah but on a level which has to do with the body and the animal so Esher it's possible there is the possibility that this learning should lead to Lezacha Lezacha means not being meritorious to the opposite of the way it's supposed to be but Vahabez is another way of learning. One is learning Taylor in such a fashion. Underlined it. From the outside, outset, it's simply impossible that the Taylor should not have the desired effect. You can learn Taylor in such a way where it can bring to something undesirable. But there's another way of learning Taylor where it's impossible for it to bring something undesirable. The Rebbe's argument, of course, is that Taylor which can never bring to something undesirable, is the shalom within shalom. The peace within the peace of Torah. And what is this? 
ובדרך כלל, in general, הרי זה החילוק בין ניגלה לתיירו, פנימי עשה תיירו. When a person learns ניגלה, although it's תיירו, and תיירו is higher than the world, but it could bring to לאי זכר. On the other hand, when a person learns פנימי עשה תיירו, see this, it cannot bring to לאי זכר. I once told this to somebody, and he was kind of taken aback. What's the proof that Hasidus is Emes? I mean, who needs proof, yeah? But let me think about this. There were hundreds and hundreds of reformed temples, shuls in America. There were once Orthodox shuls. Many of them were Hasidus shuls, in Chabad shuls. As soon as they go reformed, they change to Nusach Ashkenaz. You will not find a single reformed shul that's davening Nusach Ali. It doesn't exist. Now, of course, their reason is because it's not scholarly to Dab Nusachari. They're intellectuals. But that's the raya. Every reform shul that has basic Nesach Tzemach, Tzedek, or Anshel Lubavitch, the day they became reformed, they changed to Ashkenaz. Why? Because Hasidus doesn't... It's Kenish Zayn. Hasidus is Amunit. The biggest problem is the Amunit issue. Hasidus cannot be Lezoche, he says. It's impossible. It should be not the way it's supposed to be. So with Entei itself... If we're preparing now for the Padavishalom of the Asad Lava, which elevates the darkest sparks and elevates them in an absolutely permanent way, then now we prepare for it by learning Pnimiya Satayda. And the Rebbe tells us basically two things. The Hine, the Nigla the Tayda. When you're learning the Nigla, you're learning Tayda. But what is Tayda about? Physical things, even crude things. Moreover, not only are you learning about physical things, Halimud, if you're learning business law, is Oydais Ruven Chetein Kach V'Kach. Ruven comes into court and claims such and such. V'Shivin Kach V'Kach and Shivin claims the opposite. She'echad mehem bevadei te'in ta'inis sheker. One of them is telling a lie. V'afal pekei, nevertheless, hinigam be'inyan zeh, even here, misla beshes ha'teira. The teira descends. And it brings clarity to Es Tzakadin. So Teira, Paskins, Halachas, dealing with not only physical things, but li- liars and thieves. So Teira itself is very pure and very holy, but the material that Teira is addressing is not so pure and not so holy. Says the Rebbe, It's physical things and crude things and even the arguments that could be false. If you don't learn the way it's supposed to be, it can bring to undesirable effect. In other words, you're learning Taita, it's talking about liars, Malili Shakir, and so on. And I guess one way of putting it is you'll find very, very strong similarities between the ideas in Taita and Lahavlin and other Chachma, and the lines get fogged. Second line from the bottom of the page, If you learn the Nisham of the Taita, first of all, we're not talking about physical things at all. I think you need the next page. So you disconnect it from the physical world. Now a lot of people say, I can't understand Chesidus because it's disconnected from the physical world. Says the that's the best thing about it. You can't contaminate it because it's otherworldly. The only way to understand it is to go into its world because it's refusing to come into yours. And therefore, it cannot be loizacha because it doesn't descend to that level, to that place, to that realm where the heipachazachos, the opposite of purity and clarity exists. That's number one. Then there's a number two, the eight. This is very, very able and very, very involved and pretended, I think, quite controversial. There's another difference. And that is, I'm on page Kufayi Ches, second line for the top. The mandate is, you should understand it in your brain. Moreover, you're supposed to toil with your brain. What's the proof that you understood it well, that you can say it with a chiddish, with a novelty, with a new aspect, with a new idea? Four lines from the top. Since when you learn Nigla, you're not only supposed to understand it and in your way, but you're supposed to actually add new form. Not only is permission granted for your form to show itself, 
The mandate is with your mind. As much as humanly possible. Until you machadish kedushin. If you're learning something and they tell you engage your mind, engage your ego, engage your creativity, so the Rebbe says in the next line, you can bring to the opposite of it. In Nikola you can't learn without Gaivin. Because the whole idea of the Lima is that you understand. And the whole proof that you understand is that you add. What about Chasidis? Mashenke Benisla is ten lines in the top. At the beginning of a line, which is an upside down L. Mashain Kane Benista the Tata as opposed to Nista, Pnimi Satera. When you're learning Kabbalah, Pnimi Satera, the most important thing is the precise words of the Rav. The secrets of Tata are not given, only to somebody, etc. The Rebbe doesn't finish the sentence. Because he doesn't want to finish the sentence. Because the key point he wants to draw from this Maimah Chazal at the moment is the word Maisrim. What is the meaning of the word Maisrim? Shemashma Use Shemaisrim. What is the meaning of giving? Shemaisrim lay davar muchan. Give him something which has already been prepared. Elishadeshrim and there's also a demand. Shegam Yavim Yasim. He should also understand. But the most important thing is not his understanding it and his interpreting it, but actually getting it as the Rav gave it. And the word ha'avoyde is circle. The most important service in this is not to understand it. And it's certainly not. It's not about new ideas. All he needs to do is to remove the blockages in order to be able to understand it. But the key in Primius Ateira is to hear what the Rav says and retain Divrei Rav. So in Nigel Ateira, you have it only if you understand it in your own words. In Primius Ateira, you have it only if you leave the words of the Rav alone unchanged. Because that's as close as you're going to get to understanding it altogether. Even if you don't remove the question, you don't put it in your own words, it's considered learning behind it. The reason is, because when you're learning Chesidus, the most important thing, skip the parenthesis, is to get it as the Rav gave it, no adulteration. That's to be a practical result. But in terms of what you're understanding, it has to remain as it is. Nigla, you only understand it if you put it in your own words. Chesidus, you only understand it if you understand the words as the Rav gave them to you. And that's what the meaning of the word meisim. And it has to do with the substance of the material. Since nigli, you could understand very thoroughly, you could put it in your own words. Since primius, even after you understand it, it's always ephemeral, it's always elusive, you have to leave the divya and as they are. And the Rebbe goes on to add more to this. Uh, Eleven lines from the bottom. The middle of the line, where the beginning of the line is circled. V'zeo she'omer azal, ein meisim nazei And now the Rebbe brings the second half of that piston. Elolamisha lebe you give the secret of Tayyidah only to someone whose heart is worried. You know your own level. It creates in you a worry. How did this happen to him? So there's two points here. There's two points here. Point number one Nigla deals with ungodly things. So even though it's trying to be God to the ungodliness, if you have too much ungodliness and not enough teda, it can be lead you astray. Panemius deals only with godliness, so it can't lead you astray. Moreover, when you're learning nigla, the whole idea is that you only understand it if your ego is re-engaged. Even after you understand it, it's to be left alone. You have to relate to it indirectly. To use the magic word, it's light. Light you can never grasp. You can only bask in it. You open yourself up to it. But you never digest it. You never internalize it and process it like it's your own. Top of page Kufay and test now. Vizehu. This is the Pshat. Shedon Shrezal that the Gemara says. Shepoda Bisholim. That there's a concept of redemption. And specifically, there's a redemption in peace. This is an allusion to one who's learning Teda. Okay? Skip a half a line. Shakavana Bazehi. This means Alimit Pnimi Esat Learn the inner dimension of Teda. 
One is learning the inner dimension of the Teira. Ha'eseku, his business is in Yoni A, light, v'nyayim ruchnim and spiritual things. V'tzadachirach, l'amshicham amalamata. You simply bring it to yourself in an unchanged way. Skip one line. Ozai leishayech. It's therefore impossible. Shamata yifal Allah that the lower words should have an effect on him. V'adera, but to the contrary, pu'ulas habira vazichoch. The lowest things becoming elevated. Now. I want to remind you of what's unusual about this mind. Usually when we think of Padre B'Shalom, we think of the Ebishter. The Ebishter is redeeming us B'Shalom. That's not the perspective of this mind. What's the perspective of this mind? You're redeeming yourself B'Shalom. What does it mean you're redeeming yourself B'Shalom? You're redeeming yourself B'Shalom means you come into this world with an attitude that I have developed in bud. That the world is to me nothing. Positive Bishalom is your attitude. Your attitude is, I'm in this world, but from the perspective of my neshama, anything which is against the Lakus is completely ir- ridiculous. And I'm not giving, I'm not negotiating with Klippa. I don't consider Klippa equal. That's what Positive Bishalom is. So if you're learning Teda, and obviously if you're learning Teda, you're connected to the Ebishta. When you're learning Pnimiyasa Teda, that Akshanus, that attitude that I'm above the world is even stronger than when you're learning Nigla de Teda, because you're not bringing it down to the world, and you're not changing it to accommodate you and the world, you're leaving it alone. So all of Teda is Shalom. All of Teda is a year taking an attitude of above the world, but none of it is more of the nature of Shalom than Pnimi Yisatayim. Are we clear? What, what I said before is controversial because Pnimi Yisateira I'm walking to Yeshiva I'm walking here this morning I got my two minute clip for the day that I'm listening to on the way to show yeah and the Rebbe says Yispanesun Minei I'm about to see this Yispanesun Minei is exactly how the Rebbe described Nikola it's Eidel it's very Eidel now we're starting Sifvo this idea that there is Sholem and we want to say that there's shalom within shalom is true of Gnos Chasod. Why? Tzedakah is peace. What is tzedakah? Tzedakah means giving a poor man food. Gnos Chasod doesn't mean to give charity. It means to give kindness. What's a kindness? To give a rich man a loan is Gnos Chasod. To give a poor man a loan is Gnos Chasod. To give a poor man money is tzedakah. Tzedakah means charity. A gift. Gnos Chasod is a loan. He's going to have to repay but he can use it, as they say in Yiddish, to establish himself on his own footing, his own two feet, to live, to be independent, a, a human being with Chavit. So the Rebbe is going to say, Tzdoke is Shalom, and Gemilas Chasodim is Shalom within Shalom. In other words, when you help another Jew, that's a symptom of, of your belief in peace in the world. But of the nature of the assistance that you provide for him, it's not that you're giving him something. But you're giving him Gemilas Chasodim, that's even a higher madrega shalom, and it's consistent with the idea that the Rebbe is trying to say that the gu'ul of the asad lavi has to do with the which we do now is that the, the tzedakah, which is shalom, is done in itself. In the eighth of shalom, which is gemilas chasad. Now, before we learn the moment, I want to say this. What's the difference between pers- giving a person a gift and giving a person a loan? You can give a person a hundred dollar gift, a, 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 a present, it's a lot of money, hundred dollars, it's stuck. Or you can give him a thousand dollar loan. What's the difference? The obvious difference is when you give a person a hundred dollars, you're giving them exactly that, a hundred dollars. When you give a person a loan for a thousand dollars until that loan is repaid, you have his kishkif because you want him to, you want your money back. Until he repays it, you're bound up in that person's honesty and integrity, and you don't know if you can get the money back, and you worry about it. So on Gemilas Chasod, you're not just giving him something, giving him a piece of yourself. That's the ultimate charity. It's the ultimate chesed. Or in the language of the Maimed, it's the ultimate shalom. But the Rebbe explains it as follows. Let's go to the text. Charity, gifts, is for the poor. Gemilas Chasodim, doing a favor, giving a loan, is bein lani and bein lashirim, is for the rich as well as for the poor. And the Rebbe goes into a whole Kabbalah situation. Vahayim. Tzedakah means to satisfy what one is missing. Somebody is missing something, you fill it in by giving him charity. Skip a line and a half. What does it mean that if a person has needs and you're satisfying them, that what a person is lacking in serving on Kaddish Baruch, the Eisei's man, the Eisei Malcolm, at that time, at that place you're giving him, 
But it's not about wealth because you have no obligation to make another person rich. You have to make sure he doesn't starve. You don't have to make him rich. So tzedakah means you're giving him something. To use an English term which makes him a dependent. And he's going to remain dependent. You have no obligation to put him into a position where he becomes wealthy and he no longer needs you. That's stuck. And the Rebbe goes into the whole Kabbalah thing. And he brings in for Tim Samarish. And in short, what the Rebbe now says is that there was once oil in the Mokkum of the creation. They wish to remove that oil and left over the place. And giving tzedakah means bringing the oil that was originally in the Mokkum of the creation back. Gemilas chasadim, on the other hand, not just being mamala chasadim, not just satisfying what is missing, but giving actually more than was the air, which was mamala, the makam before. Okay? So if you look, second line from the bottom of this page, it says, When you give a loan, when you give kindness rather than charity, nimshach, you bring down, you're not simply bringing back the light that was removed and is now being brought back from the Timtum edition. You're bringing down a level of light which is higher than the light that filled the space of the Timtum. The redemption is in peace in, the, in, in a complete way, in a comprehensive way. So, what's the Rebbe saying? That when you give a loan, and like I said to you before, when you give a loan, you're actually giving yourself to the borrower. And you're not taking yourself back from the borrower until the loan is repaid. So the gift, the generosity is far greater and it's called shalom. Shalom means that the basis and the justification for this act is the principles of shalom. And the principles of shalom have a strength. And the strength of the principles of shalom is that there's no liyumazet, there's nothing opposite. So just like in Torah, you have regular learning and then you have Torah which is shalom. In tzedakah, you have regular tzedakah, and you have gmilach hasadim, which is special tzedakah. Turn to page kuf pei. The yeshla hesed the biyir achiluk ben tzedakah laniyim l'gmachim. I would like to explain further the difference between giving tzedakah to poor people and giving loan, which is gamla shirim, also for rich people. And he brings a medrash. The medrash says David the Malach has a tefillah, which is called tefillah of David. Moshe Rabbeinu has a tefillah, which is called tefillah of Asher, the tefillah of the rich. What's the difference between Tzvila David and Tzvila Yashem? Tzvila David means David is a poor person. David is lacking and he's coming to the Abish and saying, giving me. And the Abish satisfies what he needs. Tzvila Yashem means Maisha is rich. He has everything he needs. So the Maisha has everything he needs. Why is he davening? And the answer is he's davening for somebody else. And the Rebbe on page Kuf Pe'alef actually says that even a poor person can daven like a rich man. A poor person down like a rich man says, Hezekhan, I don't have enough, but I'm not thinking about me. I'm thinking about the community. And then that feels of Tzvila Yash. It's not Tzvila And in explaining this, the Rebbe brings a medrash. And if you look inside, the medrash is 11 lines at the top of the page. Or 10 lines. The medrash al apostle Tzvila Lameisha. I'm reading inside. I'm going to ask you, Lameisha, God Almighty, Lameisha, what do you want? And then it says in the bracket, you're a rich man, you have everything you possibly want. What do you want? says, I'm not asking for myself. which has been destroyed. and it belongs to you. decrees that be rebuilt. So Mesha comes to Abishani Davins, and the Abish has asked him, You have needs? You're Meisha Rabbeinu, you're, rich, you're a rich man. So he says, I'm not davening for me, I'm davening for everybody else. So now you have a long bracket, which I made in your text. I, I think you have it in your copy. Yeah, you have a bracket? No, we're not. Which I wrote into the text. You have it or not? Vizui goes till second line from the bottom, where the Rebbe says, the same is true by our Rabbeim. And the Rabbeim didn't daven for themselves, they davened for the generation. So it says, second line from the bottom of page, Kuf Pei, I'm going, I'm skipping. I'm not asking for myself. I'm diving for this nation which is destroyed. Okay, now turn to page Kuf Pei Aleph. It belongs to you, says Meshach. I hurt myself. He demands from the Abish that decree that it should be rebuilt. Decree. Even if the case is 
There's no way you should have this possibility. You have a world. Moshe says, I'm rich, but there are parts of this world that are poor. Decree that it should be rebuilt. In other words, if they don't deserve it, give it to them anyway. When you ask Hashem to give you something by that, in a way of a decree, it's not reasonable. If you want the Ebishter to give an undeserving, unworthy people the Ebishter's brachas, it's higher than reason, which is the concept of Tzilul Yashem. So we're talking about Gemilas Chasadim. And we're saying there's a difference between giving tzedakah, which is giving somebody bread, and Gemilas Chasadim, which is helping people help themselves earn bread. And what is the difference that Gemilas Chasadim is for rich people as well? Tzedakah is only for poor people, and the Rebbe explains the difference between Gemilas Chasadim and tzedakah, and therefore the difference between rich and poor. And he says, Moshe is davening for Klal Yisrael. And the Abisha says to him, what's your interest? And Moshe says, I have no interest. My interest is only Yiddish. And when the Abishter gives Moshe Rabbeinu this request, this is called Milos Chasal. When the Abishter gives you something which you're asking, on a level where you're not asking it for yourself, or you're asking it for somebody else, this is called Milos Chasal. In other words, I'm not giving you charity, I'm giving you kindness. I'm giving you the ability to help yourself, look after yourself. So Tzedakah is Shalom. Milos Chasadim is Shalom Beteich Shalom, peace within peace. Okay, I'm not sure what's the Pshat. I'm really not sure what the shot is. But, I want to share with you two thoughts on this. The Rebbe says, Tadakah is Shalom. Gemilas Chasadim is Shalom within Shalom. But understand the attitude of this Maimon. The attitude of this Maimon is that Shalom doesn't mean that Ebishtah is bringing peace. Shalom means you're bringing peace. How are you being peace? You're bringing peace by establishing yourself above the world. Right? That's the whole philosophy. That if I'm involved with the world and I give the world recognition that, that you never win. But if you're involved with the world and you tell the world I'm your master. So think about the difference between giving tzedakah and ignos chesed. And I, I think about this a lot. I mean, I talk about it a lot. It would be nice if I did it a little, yeah? Um, but the difference is very simple. I know a man who told me, I never give a loan unless I'm prepared not to get it back. Agreed. I don't give people a loan unless I, I can accept not getting it back. It's why. I don't want to fight with people. So then he had a fight with me. <laughs> I said, the whole idea of a Gemilas Chesed is you're taking the risk. The Ebishter gave us, Taylor, and says it's a mitzvah to give stuff. And it's a mitzvah. A mitzvah means I don't only do it because this is how I feel, this is how I was raised. The Ebishter gave me a commandment to do The milas chasada means I'm giving you something that binds me to you until you pay it back. It could be years I'm stuck with you. You know, <laughs> the German, the German chief of staff in World War One lamented the fact that the Germans had joined with the Austria-Hungarian Empire, the Habsburgs, and he commented, <laughs> "I feel like I'm tethered to a corpse." <laughs> Sometimes you're better off without a helper. You give a guy a loan, now you're stuck with him until he pays it back. So if man kumt In other words, stuck is very special. The didn't give stuck is very special. And Saif Kosai we give stuck because Abraham Avinu inspires us to give stuck because this is what Abishta wants. Kitira Aram Vachitisa. He sees it. Abishta made the world, we should help each other. The Gemara says about Babasra. Why does the Abish defeat the poor people so that we should be kind? It's like a mother of But Gemilas Chasodim is a much greater act of kindness. Why? Because I'm trusting. What am I trusting? <laughs> I'm trusting the borrower. I'm not trusting the borrower. <laughs> if, if you're a cultural American, you'll say, I'm trusting the system. <laughs> if you're a Yid, you say, I'm trusting the Abish. When I give a personal loan, I'm doing a mitzvah on So the idea that in a gemilas chesed there's more sholem than in stalker is because in a gemilas chesed there's much more moon in the Eibishten. This world belongs to who? To the Eibishten. Right? You know the story? We all heard the story as children. That, see, when I yid in Valdichev, 
was a Jew, I mean, a famous story. He was kind, he was a Compton, he was a cheap, cheap Jew, never cared a penny with anybody. And he died. So the whole Baditya said, oh, now he'll get his ultimate covet, he'll get what's coming to him. Nobody went to his Leviathan. He couldn't get a minimum. And the Baditya Verov announces the gate of the Leviathan. The Baditya Verov said, Rebbe, there is Yisemim and there's Almonis, there's poor people, this man has no heart. Why are you going to the Leviathan? I don't know, I don't know him so well. He said, I had three dentators with him, he said. Three interactions. And he proceeds to tell him three Peladikamises about this person was Martin Besese, was really giving stocking. Nobody knew. One of the stories is this Mamish three Peladik, a woman was told by her husband that he's leaving town for a year to work for this rich guy, and that while he's away, every Friday she should go to him and they'll give him money. And it was Lloyd Dubin Belayar, it was a Baba Mice. He wanted to get away without his wife hitting him with a broom. So he told her a story. Comes the first Friday, and she goes to the rich man's house, and the banker, the bookkeeper says, I don't know what you're talking about. There was a whole tumult. He came out and says, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Anyway, a year goes by, and the husband returns, and the wife is so happy to see him, he thinks she's going to hit him with a broomstick and with a hammer and with a chlezvas. And it turns out that the guy has been paid. He went away, earned money, so he goes back to the gvir to repay it. He says, I don't know, I don't know, I know who you are. You, uh, you gave my wife money. I don't know what you're talking about. So they went to Baditch and And he claims, I owe you money. He says, you owe me money. I made a deal with you. That's one of the dinitators. Another dinitator was that someone came to him with a loan, for a loan. He says, who's guaranteeing the loan? He says, the Abish is guaranteeing. Okay, the Abish is guaranteeing. The guy came to pay. He says, the order of a told him, Chayim. The guarantor paid your debt. I don't want your money. It's becoming to Baditch and Gmilas you think about it, the hardest thing in the world is to be involved with other people. I remember that everyone saying by Fabregen, quite emotionally, although it's so funny, he says, I was the son of a Rabbi. And I watched people come and go. He says, I couldn't understand it. A guy comes into my father was a behavior. It cost him so many and so many rubles. And my father makes it today. And he loses so much money. He doesn't say boo. That same guy comes back a week later and he has a dentator with another Jew over a fraction, a small portion of the loss he suffered from the behemoth. And my father passes against him and he runs out saying, my father's an Amoritz and he's a bad Rav and he's a, he's a Meshuchat. He says, yesterday my father cost you 20 ruble, you didn't say boo. Now my father cost you 3 ruble, you're screaming, Chayvakayim, was the Teretz, you don't mind losing money. But you mind somebody else getting yours. Gmilas Chasodim is so hard because you're involved with somebody else. And when you're giving Gmilas Chasid, it's because you realize that there's a third Ebesh, and that's the pshat. There's more sholem in Gmilas Chasodim than in Zdoke. Because Zdoke, you're doing an act of kindness. But you're finished. Gmilas Chasodim, you're doing an act of kindness which pays dividends. It's called kotvetik, you understand? Unahatvetik. <laughs> so why do you do it? Because the Rebbe should get hasten. That's sholem. In other words, your life is lived on a level of a munah. That even when it involves Nebuch, other human beings, you still believe that the Abish has had to give a Gmilas Chasid, and that's why you give it. So the Rebbe says, if stuck is Shalom, Gmilas Chasadim is Shalom at Shalom. In other words, if Shalom means that my attitude towards the world, I'm um, above Teva, no example exists better than this one. When you give another Jew alone, and the reason you're giving alone is because the Abish said that's I'm higher than the Teva of the world. I'm just giving you an explanation. For why Gemilas Chasadim is more Shalom than Shalom. The Rebbe gives a very mystical explanation. The Rebbe's mystical explanation is that when you have Gemilas Chasadim, you don't only bring into the world the light that was removed because of the Tzimtzum, you're bringing into the world the light which never existed even before the Tzimtzum. You're bringing back wealth, Ashidas, which is more than Machsedim, more than what's lacking is being returned. And of course, what does that mean in Pneumis Dika terms that the, 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 the Shtos, the Amune involved in giving a loan reaches this high. So in sort, what we did so far is we're learning a moment about Shalom, but we're understanding that Shalom is not something that the Abish they give. Shalom is our attitude of being above. We're fighting a war, but we're not giving recognition to our opponent. And the Rebbe Shalom, they have regular Taylor, which is already Shalom. 
and shalom within teda, which is pnimiyas teda. And the same is true in the Gemilas Chasadim and Zdokah. You have regular Tzedakah, which is already Shalom. And then you have Gemilas Chasadim, which is Shalom within Shalom. Yes, ma'am? No, no. Gemilas Chasadim means kindness. It means not charity, kindness. Then that's charity. You give them a garden hose. Quote, according Franklin Delano Roosevelt. You lend them your car. And they come back with a dent. Oh, I didn't do it. It was there before. I, I didn't do it. <laughs> you got a ticket three months later in the mail. Why? Well, I wasn't speeding on distance day. It wasn't even this neighborhood. Who had my car? No, it wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. Yeah, that's, that's, you're welcome <laughs> for the favor, yeah? You go on vacation, let person use your house. And you come back and you don't know where the dirt is because they hid it under the bed, you understand? Until it comes to life. <laughs> okay. And now comes the third example. It's true also in Davin. You don't have page Kuf Pei Beis. And I'm not going to give it to you. But I'm just going to tell you what's going to happen now. The Rebbe says, Hasidus explains, that a person is supposed to have with a tzibur. La'ela ma'yeti adam atzmi min ha'klal shazom mitzad mas tefillah b'tzibur. Davening with a minion. And the Rebbe goes into the next page the difference between davening b'tzibur and davening b'yochid. And he says that davening b'tzibur is like a seresi me'tshuva. When you daven with ten yidin, it's like a seresi me'tshuva. The Gemara says that davening a seresi me'tshuva b'yochid is like davening a whole year b'tzibur, which means the other way is also true. The davening a whole year with a minion is the same thing. The davening says, says to the tzibur. What happens? Says to make sure the source with a capital S is closer to us. And the Rebbe underscores not not the spark is closer to the source, because then you can start judging the size of the spark. A bigger spark is closer, a smaller spark is farther. The source is closer to the spark, and when the source is closer to the spark, then it's equally distant or equally available to all of the spark. So the Rebbe says, Davening is also aniyah for Shalom, or Cherev Shalom says, Namah Malik Hasidus, Tefillah B'tzibur is right aniyah for Shalom. Davening with a minion is again aniyah for Shalom. And if you wanted to be technical about it, I mean, women don't have the same obligation of Davening B'tzibur. Davening with a minion is a pain in the neck for a lot of reasons. Either they're going too fast, or they're going too slow, or people are pushing you around, or they're making too much noise, it's too quiet. Davening with a minion... <laughs> The element of Shalom is Isaiah the Rebbe But this is the second part of the Maimon. I want you to understand that I gave two shurim on this Maimon. What I left for tomorrow is actually very little. We did most of it. But I doubt dividing it into three because I want to learn tomorrow shir tomorrow. You come back tomorrow, you'll find out why. What we have is two shurim. The first shir introduced us to Shalom versus non-Shalom. Today's Shia demonstrated Sholem in Torah, Sholem in Gemilas Chasodim, and Sholem in Tefillah. 